Amos chapter number six. In verse number one, the Bible says this, woe to them that are at ease in Zion and trust in the mountains of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations to whom the house of Israel came. Here we find Amos is speaking and he says something here that I find interesting. He says, woe, be cautious. He says, woe to them that are at ease in Zion or woe to those that are, are comfortable or those that are just taking it easy. You know, I considered uh, just preparing this month, and, and uh, I, I love meeting missionaries. I love uh, just even last night, our time with Dr. Leland um, Kennedy, and I just love hearing what God's doing around the world. But you know, church, I am, I am so concerned. I'm so concerned for the state of churches in America today. It's concerning. You know, I think sometimes we've lost our focus. We've lost um, what we really ought to be doing. And for some, for some, church is just an activity they do on Sunday. It's just something that we add to our week. We, we kind of put it in our schedule. We, we do church. And we have so many blessings. Yesterday we were downtown and I just saw so many people with needs. I mean, great needs. I've never, I've never had to worry about our children going to eat. I've never had to worry about that. I'm not saying that things haven't ever been tight, but I've never, my wife and I have never gone to the cupboard and said there's nothing there. The reality is this, God has blessed our life and many, if not most in this room, God has blessed you greatly. Yesterday, my heart was broken. I saw a young lady, the one I mentioned. Um, she, 22 years old, and, and um, she had four children, a nine-month-old, a two-year-old, a three-year-old, and a four-year-old. She got into this accident right out in front of the church, and those that were there, you know, we heard the accident happen. And I went out there, and my son and I were there, and we went out, and we helped the children out of the car. And I noticed one thing when I helped the children out of the car, only the nine-month-old was in a car seat. And as a dad, I kind of got a little bit upset with her. And she said this, I can't afford a car seat. Boy, my heart sunk. Pastor Kennedy was there, and, and we were, brought her into the back of the church there. And she said, um, can I come into the church building? And I said, yeah, but, you know, you're not, you're not going to be able to leave this accident. She says, and she looked at me with this look of terror. She said, my boyfriend was murdered on September 9th, and it was on the news. She says, I and my kids were all there when it happened. And if I'm seen in this neighborhood, I've already got threats that they'll kill me. Here's a 22-year-old girl afraid for her life. I mean, scared to death. You brought her into the church and fed her, 
fed her children. We had some cheeseburgers there, and little, the little two-year-old, the cutest boy I, I have ever seen, right in front of me ate two cheeseburgers. I couldn't believe it. And a donut. I called my wife and said, I want to take this little boy home. I love that, that little boy, little Marcus. I listened to her, and at times throughout that hour or so that she was there, she just would break down and say, I just can't take life anymore. It's hurting. Not knowing where the next meal or not knowing where the next uh, uh, blessing was going to come from, a need that she had. And my heart just sank as I listened to this 22-year-old girl. And as I was listening to her, I thought, I've got four girls. You know what I realized, church? There are people all around us that have such great needs. And if we're not careful, we can be so comfortable with our life that we never reach out and help people. On a Sunday afternoon, several years ago, my wife and I were looking at a house and we were going to build a house and we were in Cincinnati. And I may have told you this story. We were walking out of the front door of the model home and we heard this crash and we looked up and this, this car turned a corner and just hit a telephone pole. And so I went running. I mean, it was only from here to the back of the auditorium. And I went running down there and to find the man. It was an older gentleman. He uh, hit that telephone pole. He had some kind of medical condition. And when I got there to him, he didn't have a seatbelt on. He was actually just like jammed down in the passenger side underneath of the floorboard. And he was kind of talking, kind of not. And I was trying to ask him, you know, what his name was and if he was hurt and just trying to help him. And as I was holding him, I was trying to pull him up out of that floorboard, out of that car so I could get him on the floor. I had 911 and they said, try to get him out of the car. And I couldn't pull him out. He was just stuck underneath that floorboard from the impact. So I reached down and I opened his glove box up and I got his name and his address only to lived right there in Milford, just around the corner from where the accident was. And I was just holding him, talking to talking to 911, trying to help him, he died right in my arms. I'll never forget that day. Never had a person die in my arms before, but that day I had this person die. And what concerned me the most was this, I don't know where he went. And what concerned me even greater is he was just about three miles from our church. And I don't know where he went. I don't know where he's today. I know the Bible says you're either in heaven or hell. But I have no idea where that man is spending eternity. And that just for weeks just ripped at me. And I had lived in that area for several years, and I thought to myself, here's someone that lives just three miles from the church, and, and I don't know, I don't know where they're going to spend eternity. You know, church, sometimes I think if we're not careful, we as Christians, so many things can matter to us, except the most important thing that a Christian can do. And that is share the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Here we find Amos says, woe to them that are at ease in Zion, woe to them that are comfortable. You know, Zion was a place of worship. Zion was a place of praise. Zion was a place of God. And here's Amos, he's saying to them, woe, take heed. As if he was saying this, you know, if you're not careful, you can get comfortable in God's blessings. The truth is, I was a, I was a little bit embarrassed when I first saw Pastor Carter. Because after I said to him, after I embarrassed myself and said, what are you doing here today? He said, boy, this is such a beautiful place. And God's blessed us. When he first got his church building, um, the entire brick wall on the outside collapsed. Just after they got the building. In a neighborhood, probably none of us would want to go to church in. The entire brick wall on the outside collapsed onto the, onto the parking lot or onto the sidewalk, and the city condemned the building. And overnight, that very night, they... Uh, thieves went in and took all the copper piping out of their church. So not, not only did they have to repair this wall, they had to go back in and repair all the pri- uh, piping. They didn't have the money for any of that. You know, God has blessed us greatly. Amos's warning is this, woe to them that are at ease in Zion. I want you to see with me in verse number 19 of chapter 5, just on the other side of your, of your page there. The Bible says this, as if a man did flee from a lion and a bear met him or went to the house and leaned his hand on the wall and a serpent bit him. You know what I'm reminded when I hear that verse, it reminds me of this person. He's running through these wooded areas, you know, and he, and he knows He knows, I've got to get to my house, and if I get to my house, it's a place of safety, it's a place of rest. And all I need to do is get to this place where I'm comfortable. It's my home. But I know from here to that place, there's an area, there's a wooded area, and in this wooded area, there's lions and there's bears. No tigers, just lions and bears. And I know this, if I'm not careful, if I'm not cautious, then I'm going to, uh, uh, I could get killed from one of these lions or one of these bears. And the Bible says this, as he's fleeing, as he's running, there's a lion meets him. And, and I don't know if he destroys this lion. I don't know if he kills this lion. The Bible doesn't say. I don't know if he just runs faster than this lion. He'd have to be fast to do that. But somehow, some way, because this man is prepared and he's ready for this adversary, the lion does not get him. Because you just imagine here, he's running through this area, and the lion, he sees this lion or hears this lion, he gets out of the way of this lion, and only to find a bear right there next to him. And so he picks up the uh, speed again, and he gets away from this bear, and so he's, he's, he's knowing he's in a place of danger, and he's not going to let this lion, he's not going to let this bear get him. He knows there's a place of danger. He gets away from the lion, he gets away from the bear, he sees his house, he gets into that house, he slams that door, thinking that all of the things on the outside, the lion and the bear, all of those things are there on the outside, and he can't be destroyed, and he leans his hand on the wall just to kind of take a break, take a rest. And it's that serpent, that serpent that's on the wall, is what bites him. You know, when I think about this often when I read this verse, if we're not careful, we are so comfortable 
that there are some things within our life, there are going to be the things that destroy us. We're not going to get involved in the big sin. We're not going to get involved in the, the things that we know that are going to destroy us. Or, you know, we're not going to go out and, and, and get drunk this evening. Or we're not going to go out and, and have an affair this, this afternoon. We're not going to go out and, and maybe do drugs this afternoon. We wouldn't dare do something like that. But, you know, when we get comfortable in our lives... There may be some things that are close to us, to some areas that we think are safe, some areas within our home, some areas within our lives, and those are the things that are going to destroy us. You know what happened to this fella? He got so comfortable in his home, he lost his vision. He stopped seeing the things around him that could destroy him. You know, Christian, I think this, if we're not careful, we could get so comfortable in our Christian lives that we forget, we forget, and there's some things that maybe have snuck into our lives because they're not real bad, they're not big sins, you know, they're not, they're not devastating sins, or they're not the real bad stuff. If we're not careful, there could be some things in our life right now, and those are the things that are going to destroy us, and we have gotten comfortable with sin. Proud. Gossip. Do you know what, do you know what um, in the Old Testament they used to do to someone that grumbled and complained? They'd stone them, wouldn't they? You know, church, I believe this. If we're not careful, we can get so comfortable. We get so comfortable in our Christianity that we're not even doing anything in Christianity. We can get so comfortable in, in being saved. That's all we are. We're saved, but there's nothing else happening in our life. There is an entire city, there's an entire community, there's an entire world all around us today that are dying without Jesus Christ and they need a Christian that would, would, would stand up and proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. That little, that young girl, that, that 22-year-old girl that I met yesterday through that accident, those little children that, that I see their faces on, on my, my mind right now, they need Jesus. And they need Christians that aren't so busy with their lives and busy with, with their extracurricular activities and so busy that they can't serve Jesus, so busy that they can't tell somebody about Jesus, so busy with their lives that they've never opened the Bible and shared the gospel, the good news, so busy they couldn't give somebody a track, so busy they couldn't sit and minister with someone and help someone with their greatest need. And the greatest need of this world is not food, it's not water, it's Jesus Christ. That's the greatest need. You know, I really believe this. The reason, why, the reason why half the world, some 3.7 billion people sit in darkness, they sit in darkness because Christians are too comfortable. They're too comfortable. You know, last evening, I put my children to bed. Every one of them would come in, and, and I'd kiss them goodnight, and, and, and they'd go off the bed. Every, uh, we, we locked our doors. We got into the, the bed. Everyone in our home, none of them went to bed hungry. None of them went to bed wondering, did their parents love them? None of them went to bed without clothing. Everyone went to bed last evening and had a good night's sleep, and all of us got up this morning, and every single one of us had clothes to put on, and all of us grabbed our Bible, and all of us went to a church like 
like this church that, that teaches and preaches Jesus. Every one of us had, uh, uh, just had our needs met. There was not a need in our family that, that uh, we had from last evening to this evening. But you know this, there's a, over half the world, they didn't go to bed that way. You know, I thought of, the, I thought of those little, little children Allow me just to be open my heart this morning. I thought of those little children, that little two-year-old. I pulled out of that car, and as soon as I pulled him out of the car, he put his hands around my neck, and he didn't let go. He didn't know me. I thought that little two-year-old, his daddy didn't kiss him and tell him he loved him. That little two-year-old, He didn't have a dad that tucked him in last night. He had a mom that was so overwhelmed. He had a mom now that's got more money and tickets than she can even think about paying. He's got a mom that doesn't have a vehicle now to, to go to work. He's got a mom that feels like life is just too much. She can't take it anymore. Church, there is a world that the only hope they have is Jesus Christ. That little two-year-old Marcus yesterday, he needs to know you might not have a dad that loves you, but you have Jesus that loves you. Life might seem hard, but there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Mom might be going through a hard time, but she can always depend upon Jesus. But somebody has to tell them. And while we get into our world and get comfortable, while we are at ease in our Christianity, while everything, we just want it our way, the way we want it, just like we want it, the entire world sits needing to know Jesus Christ. You're going to hear this evening, there's 1.4 billion people in China where it is illegal to tell them about Jesus. And we live in the country that it's not illegal. And we still don't tell. You see what happens, church, if we're not comfortable, we find this, we can lose our vision. We don't see the things that are keeping us from doing what we're supposed to do. I want you to see, and I'll be done here in verse number seven of chapter six. The Bible says, therefore, now shall they go, they go captive with the first that go captive and the, and the banquet of them that stretch themselves shall be removed. You know what happens when we get comfortable? When we get comfortable, we lose God's power. I don't ever want to be a church that doesn't have God's power on it. 
I don't ever want to be a dad that doesn't have God's power on my life. I don't ever want to be a husband that doesn't have God's power. I don't want to get to a place where I'm comfortable. I don't want to get to a place where I'm at ease. I don't want to get to a place where I'm not taking my, my Christianity serious. I'm not taking the cause of Christ serious. I'm not taking the Great Commission serious. And I just get comfortable in my life. And I don't want to get to the place where God says, that's fine. You want to get comfortable. You want to choose what you want to do. You want to live the life you want to live. That's fine. I'm going to take my power off of you. I'll give it to somebody that wants it. And to be finished, lastly, I want you to see here in verse number 8, the Lord God hath sworn by himself, saith the Lord, the God of hosts, I bore the excellency of Jacob. I hate his palaces. Therefore will I deliver up the city with all that is therein. You know what happens, I believe, when we lose our, we get comfortable, we lose our vision, we lose our power, and then we lose God's blessings. You know what, I believe we're in a place in this country where if we haven't left, lost the blessing of God, we're close. We're close. And we can blame the politicians. And we can blame the government. But I believe if we lose the blessings of God in this country, it's for us to take the blame. We need to stop blaming the lost. We need to stop blaming the unsaved. We need to stop blaming those that don't know any better. And we need to start looking in the mirror, church, and start saying this, it's my responsibility. I think God has blessed this country for so many years and so many, so many decades. And he's, he's blessed this country the way that he's blessed this country. There was a time that the churches in America, they were concerned with the condition of this world. There was a time where churches in America, they were consumed with getting the gospel out and planting churches and seeing the gospel go forth throughout this world. America is not even the number one sender of missionaries any longer. In this country, in this country alone, thousands of churches close their doors every single year. Thousands of churches close their doors. And I was told last evening in China, every day, 6.5 churches start in China. Think about that. In a communist, persecuted for your faith, illegal to gather and worship and, 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 and be a Christian, 6.5 churches a day are being started. In a free country where we have the blessings and we have the resources and we have the manpower and we have the finances and we have the facilities, 10,000 churches a year are closing. And I believe this is because we've gotten comfortable. We've gotten comfortable. We can live our life day after day after day never telling somebody about Jesus and we're okay. You know the things that keep us up at night? Our wants, our lust, our desires. When's the last time you stayed up all night and you said, God, save this city? 
God, don't let me go another day without sharing the gospel. Don't let me go another week without seeing someone saved. Don't let me live my life to where the things of this world, the things that are just wood, hay, and stubble, the things that I can't take with me, the things that can be gone tomorrow don't really matter. Don't let that be my priority. God, let me help that 22-year-old girl that's got four children. Let me help her. Let me share the gospel with her. Let me show her the love of Christ. They're all over this community. Church, I want to challenge us to get involved. It's not hard to find someone that needs Jesus. We just have to look. Drug rates and heroin epidemics. You know what they say here in Toledo, brother? the first responders can't get to those that have overdosed fast enough because they're dealing with others. That's right here in our community. Sex trafficking in Toledo is, that's not what we want to be known for. It's right here in our community. And what's going to, what's going to, fight that and what's going to help the one that's on drugs what's going to help the alcoholic what's going to help that young lady that 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 needs to make right decisions in life what's going to help those little children that don't have a dad what's going to help those churches downtown what's going to help those homeless that we're serving what's going to help those that have a need who what's going to help them what's going to help them is jesus christ and those that have the answers those that know the truth can't get comfortable in our living can't get comfortable in our own little world can't get comfortable in our lives we need to say God get me out of my comfort zone get me out of where I feel comfortable get me out of the area where I feel safe and put me in a place where I can stand with boldness where I can stand with zeal and let me tell somebody that Jesus Christ came that Jesus Christ died that Jesus Christ rose from the dead so that they could have eternal life woe to them that are at ease in Zion and trust in the mountains of Samaria. I pray we never get comfortable. I pray it's never said, woe to them, or cautious. Be careful, those that are comfortable at Monclova Road Baptist Church. Don't get comfortable. Don't get satisfied. Don't get content. Don't just get into a little bubble and say the world is, is dying and the world is just wicked and I'm just going to stay in my bubble. Let's, let's get out of that bubble and let's get out of our comfort zone and let's take the good news of Jesus Christ to Scotland, to China, to Africa, to Europe, to Asia, to our own backyard. But let's not get comfortable when we have the truth. Let's decide this morning that if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are going to make it your mission that everyone you come in contact with knows who your Jesus is. That's the answer.